Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and I am joined today by team building and system strategist, Chris Ward. And she is here to debunk the idea that the answer to time management is simply finding more time. There's no such thing. There is no more time. You have. She says that time management isn't going about faster or being in a constant state of high activity. It's all about being productive. Now, Chris is creating a movement where your business supports your life instead of consuming it. We're going to talk a lot about that because she's very passionate about it. And she is the author of Win the Hour, Win the Day, Time Management for Small Business. And in fact, her book is on my desk as we speak. So Chris has shared the stage with Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank, James Malinchek, Sharon Lecter, who's also been a guest here, um, Joe Theismann, NFL All-Star, and many others. And you can hear Chris on her own podcast, When the Hour, When the Day. There's a theme going on here where she has engaging conversations with dynamic guests that are covering a variety of business topics so you can get to your next win now. Welcome to the show, Chris. It's good to have you here, and thank you for sending me your book. Oh, I'm pumped to be here, Denise. I can't wait to dive in. It's a great book. It's easy read. Listen, it's, and part what I didn't say here, it's a four-week four week productivity plan to go from overwhelmed, and I'm overwhelmed at this moment, honestly, to being highly efficient and how to reclaim your life. So timing is perfect. And like I was telling you in the green room, our virtual green room, I know better. I've been doing what I do for a long time, and I still just walk around going, what the heck just happened? We all do it. So help. <laughs> we need your help. Well, Denise, you bring up a really great point. See, here's the thing. You've been doing what you've been doing a long time, but what you've been doing is solving a problem for your clients, and that's your zone of genius. So everything else around that is busy work, admin work, new work, and that really tends to, you know, derail you, and, and, and then you get caught up in seeing that as part of your zone of genius when it's not. So those other things are sort of like white oh. noise. Yeah. So what you've been doing for a really long time is great, but then there's all this stuff in your way to get what you've been doing for a really long time. No kidding. And, you know, at some level I know this and I can see it, but that doesn't mean my to-do list isn't going, Denise, hey, we're over here. Well, first of all, so what happens is, to be fair to you, this is the governing formula that is out there in the workplace. And no one has taught us any different. So even if you went to a high level academia of, you know, whatever university or anything, you just had a bunch of different professors giving you assignments that they deemed important. Nobody showed you how to collaborate or separate work so that you're at a higher level of efficiency. And I would also tell you that to-do list, that word to-do list is a very dangerous word. And the fact that you have one tells me something so because to-do lists are fantastic if you're looking to add stress to your day have interrupted thought increasing anxiety have unfinished tasks really play havoc on your calendar and your time management so that's another thing is these are things that we were all taught and equipped with as survival but you know it's it's just really not serving you what do i do then i have index cards seriously I have moved from having a journal, having a day minder. You know, we all had that, right? Now I've got index cards. And I'll tell you why I have index cards, because I can put one or two thoughts on each card. Cross it off. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice today. Cross it off. And then, just for the sheer heck of it, and because it really puts paid to this one is done, I shred it. So what should I do differently? The problem is, and this happens, this happened to me for years, and this happens to a lot of my clients who I work with in the winner's circle, 
your strength is your weakness. So you are somebody that probably gets a lot done and you're probably the go-to person for many people in your life. And so you look at this and say, wow, and I'm, you know, you're probably also very organized. And so what happens is you lean on these things and you think, well, if I can't get to this, then clearly there's more work than can be get done because I know out of everybody I know, I get most more done than anyone else. But there's still it's kind of like being the, you know, maybe the fastest track star at your high school, but you want to go to the Olympics, right? So what I would say to you is, first of all, there's a couple of things that are in play. We work heavily with dealing with people with their team, their time, and what we call their toolkits. So I'm going to throw a lot of things at you. Slow me down when you want to ask questions or whatever, because the concepts are so hugely important. And this is why I'm so passionate what I do, because you have really important work. And then there's white noise getting in the, in the space of that. So with super toolkits that we use, there, if you don't know any better, some people might think they're SOPs, standard operating procedures, but those are written static in nature, not by the end user, and often just to cover liability. We have this signature program called Super Toolkits, and what that means is anything that we do, we're constantly being able to compress the efficiency of that so that, you know, we can, we want to be in 60% execution mode. So we always want to take that admin stuff and make it more and more efficient. And these documents allow you to do that because Denise, I know you've got another thing you want to get to. It's a moving landscape when you're walking across the desert, it's a moving horizon. So whatever big ambition you have, that just whets your appetite and you see the next thing and the next thing. So you when you take on that big ambition, like, you know, having this amazing show, you can't now have this dominate your calendar because you're like, oh, this amazing show makes you realize I want to do this and I want to do that. So it has to be able to be compressed that work instead of just keeping up with it. So that's a faulty mindset. The keeping up with the work right there is the problem. It should be able to be compressed. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I'm I've worn myself out again. I did it some years ago, and I just completely revamped how I did everything. And I I hate to say this on the radio because I'm telling myself off here, but I got used to it. I haven't made yeah. any real changes in a long time. So that's why I'm so glad that you're here because I've got your book. I get to listen to you. I need to go back and revamp. No question. I'm worn out again. I swore the last time, oh, I've got this. It'll never happen again. It does. Times change. You change. Your you know, agenda changes. You have to well, go with it. These are exactly the people I work with like you, Denise, because the problem is with someone like you is you have success. You look good on paper. You've been doing this a long time. You're making an income. You're like, look, here's all my accolades. And then there's waves and the waves come where, okay, I got this under control. And then the wave comes and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling again. Okay, I got this under control. But it's still a beast that you're battling even when it's in control. And so when you say, look, I revamped everything, the problem with people that have your skill set is it's almost like sometimes someone will come to me and say, well, Chris, I'm not really organized. I'm great. Because people who are organized, myself included, what it is is you can visualize like a screw in the wall and you've got the screwdriver and you just keep tightening it and tightening it until you strip the screw. So you're not changing your infrastructure. You're just revamping it. Right. And because you have so many successful areas, then you think, well, clearly I just got to tighten up on this one. Oh, make sense. Okay. Yes. Keep going. I'm scribbling. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so a couple of things, these super toolkits are everything. And what happens is that to do list and all those things, they're just making you put your head down and lunge forward and try to get through it. And these are exactly the warning signs I want everyone to hear. When you say in your head, when you start hearing yourself say, well, once I get past this next thing, okay, I'm revamping, I'm getting this under control. Once I get past this next thing, it will be fine. Ding, 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 ding. That is a cry for help because you are a functioning, successful person in many aspects. This is a whole thing on its own. I eat, sleep, and breathe and have created the signature program with the toolkits and how we build a win team, which is a what is next team so you can get to what is next, which is very different than having a VA or something like that. It's super crazy affordable. We're talking five, six US dollars an hour. You can do it. But what I'm saying is even hiring somebody what happens is we have been taught as an employee mindset, like you hire somebody, you bring them on, you check their work, you delegate, which is a lateral move and not a good word. You delegate, 
you hand work over to them, and then you lean over and check on the work like a parent like a, to a child, like a teacher to a student, and that takes up more time. So it's, it's just like, you know, you're rowing harder, but you're not putting an engine on the boat. So these systems, in, for lack of better words, are just set up from the corporate mindset that are very limited in nature. So then you say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I've hit another wave. I've got to revamp. But you're just doing the same thing over and over under different stressful periods. So first of all, systems and processes really matter and give you a lot of freedom. And especially the way we have it set up with a super toolkit. So if I can, I, you know, here's a little quick story. Right before Christmas, I, somebody reached out to me and said, Chris, somebody pulled out and we need a keynote speaker for this event. And it's two weeks from now and we need to be very specific. So what that meant was I had to really collate what I had done in other speaking gigs and really pull it together from scratch. So I looked, it was a four hour presentation and even if I practice that twice, that's a day, right? And I looked at my calendar, moved some things around. I had three days, one to write, one to practice, and one just to muck about this whole thing. Now, right before that, somebody on my team was moving across country with the pandemic. She was just given like a week's notice. She got accepted into college. Boom. So we had to hire somebody else to replace a very significant job. Now, having said that, the person who was moving still wanted to stay with us. She loved working with us. She just would be working like one-tenth the amount of time because she's in college. With these super toolkits we had in play, we brought more on and in a week and a half more was to 80% capacity and also brought additional things to the game that she's very skilled in SEO stuff that we were really just starting to dive into. So I met with more. I had hired her. Kazel had trained her with these super toolkits. I met with more a week after Christmas. She was at 80% capacity and then showed me things that I was struggling with, with the SEO stuff. And we were, you know, guns a blazing. It's that fluid because what happens in business, people always think, well, Chris, you don't understand there was this happened and then I was off for this and then somebody moved and there's, all, there's always going to be something. There's life. So you want to have super toolkits and things in play that you can manage anything while still moving forward. Now, when you're talking about, yes, when you're talking about super toolkits, mm-hmm. you're talking strategies, you're talking documents I'm guessing but mostly I think you're talking about time management so um, describe a super toolkit toolkit to me if you would sure sure so time management we do when we work with our clients in the winner circle we do show them some things on how to be more effective with their time like so many people waste that first hour or two in the workday trying to catch up on emails when in fact your brain is freshest and you should be doing things that require the most attention or focus first thing in the morning because you can catch up on emails at 10, 11 o'clock when you start to wear yourself down. So if you're doing something like whatever the project is you're doing, maybe you're starting to write a book or maybe you have a big blog or a presentation or a proposal you need to get out this week, then you do that first thing in the morning so you're not trying to do something really important when your battery is worn down with decision fatigue and attention residue later in the day. So there's little things we can teach you like that. But the super toolkit is a uh, a developed, very easy to add integrated systems and processes that we have created. It's our signature program. But so for the layman's terms, think of this as systems and processes. What they do is they allow you to move through work consistently, effectively, with less and less brain power because business is not run on memory. And you want to always be able to do something without having to, oh, yeah, right, remember this, right? Because that uses up brain power. It's also very subject to human error. But what this means is you can constantly move forward really fast. Like right now, we've started to dive into TikTok. We've only been doing it a couple weeks. But every day when I learn something, it's added to our super toolkit. So I never make that mistake twice. And worse or better than that, I'm building traction much faster than somebody else that would be in TikTok a couple weeks because we're building on our successes with these super toolkits and we quickly eliminate any kinks in the program because everybody goes to that and says, oh yeah, we did that yesterday, boom, boom, boom. And we're all following it. And it allows us then to have mental freedom for more creativity. I love that. And I love what you're saying about, you know, just 
get it written down somewhere, make sure that you understand where it is, how to access it, and then add to it and keep on moving. And I've, what you said about not checking email first thing in the morning, I don't. I learned that a long time ago. If I'm picking it, and a lot of people will have their their phone by their bed. Don't do that. No. Leave it. No. Leave it out of your room. I, half the time, I'll turn mine off. I just really don't use my phone all that much deliberately. But, you know, first thing, oh, I've got to check email. I've got to go to Facebook. I've got to go. No, no, no. And let's talk a little bit about that, why it's so important, again, to take your creativity and run with it and not wallow or get mired down in other people's thoughts, their business. I, I think that's brilliant. So let's Let's kind of reinforce that just a little bit and then move on. Yeah. So all those things, think of it like having apps open on your phone. All those things, all those things wear down your brain power um, really significantly. Um, So we don't want to be using up our brain power at any capacity. And so what I would tell you as well is it's about being when you started your business, you didn't start a business to run a business. You started a business because you wanted to have this freedom of schedule, freedom of creativity. You always wanted to be moving forward. And then what happens is you really quickly start to get confused, and we all do this. You think this bandwidth of stuff you do is whatever your zone of genius is, you think there's all this other stuff connected to it. So let me give you a quick story. A client of mine is an interior designer. We were talking to her about super toolkits and, and don't get these. I mean, it's great when you write things down, but most of these processes are really just glorified to do lists and they get clunky. And that's why our signature super toolkits are, are a game changer. But so with Sue as an interior designer, she's like, Chris, and I get this all the time because you don't understand my business is very different. And I go into rooms. I just see stuff like I can't, I can't systematize this. It can't be done. Okay, great. So we sat down with her and her average appointments were about an hour and 15 minutes to almost two hours. So we started looking at that and through our process, you know, when she worked with us in the winter circle, through our process, we were able to start separating things that she actually thought was connected to what she did, but there was always pre and post work and admin work. Like even if you're a brain surgeon, there's pre and post work, right? So we started working with her on that and suddenly we're able to get her appointments down to about 40 to 50 minutes, five zero. So she's like, this is crazy. I thought this was something I did. I don't have to do that in front of the client. I can send that to them ahead of time and, and Mabel will send it to her. This is, this is amazing. Right. So then what she started doing is having all her appointments in the morning for her interior design. And now in the afternoon, she's on huge stages doing big events with people from HGTV and she's going to start working on a book. And she said, Chris, not in a million years would this have happened for me because I saw this all connected to my work and it could not be delegated, right? Or, or assigned or transferred to somebody else. Cause I don't even like that delegated word. So that's the thing is as our bandwidth expands, we start to think that one thing we do that is getting bigger and bigger, but there's so much to a pre and post prep that you can actually get stuff done so that when you go in to do your zone of genius, it takes you less time. See, I love that pre and post prep. I never even thought of it like that. But you're right. I had eye surgery a year or so ago, and there was pre, there was during, there was post. Yeah, It was all yeah. segmented, and I didn't even notice it. I was too busy going, oh, I can see again. Woohoo! I didn't care about all the other stuff. But now that you're mentioning it, yeah, it's it's right there in front of me. I didn't notice it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of this other story. I call it the grow principle. And the grow principle is, like, imagine that you had a house plant. And you were really super excited about that house plant. And it's growing and it's thriving. And you think, oh, this is wonderful. I feel really, this just brings, you know, awakens all my senses. So you've got this house plant in your left hand. And you think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out, I'm going to get a couple more houseplants because I'm really enjoying this. And so they start to thrive and you think, I'm going to make a business out of this. This is wonderful. I just feel alive when I'm doing this. So then that goes well. And you think, you know what? The only difference is I, like, I, like, I'm, I want to go all in. I want to run a farm and like a create a nursery. And so then you look at these houseplants, maybe you've got five now, and then you look at you know, out the window and you think, well, what if I had a nursery and created a farm? So go from five plants to, I don't know, 
50, 500, 5,000. Well, what's the difference? It's the same thing. It's, it's the house plant. But the difference is the volume and the infrastructure, the system set up. So you can take five house plants or you can go and have 5,000. But what happens for so many businesses is you go from one house plant to two to three and then one dies off and you try to go out and get another and you're chasing this cycle. And so you, you just didn't have any infrastructure set up. You just think, oh, when I, what I need is more business. I hear this all the time. Oh, I need more business. And then, oh, Chris, I really want to work with you, but I just need a little bit more business. Get that. Okay, great. And then you come back and they're like, oh, yeah, I got the business, but now I got to get them all on board and get caught up. I can't drop these balls because I got the new business. It's great. So I'm busy with that. And you're just busy running back and forth with the pendulum swinging all over the place because you have nothing in place to support your existing work decrease it and allow you to move forward to have a bigger impact in your audience, make more money and work less hours. And this is where so many of us just get caught. Look, when I started my business, gosh, over 20 years ago now, I'm still shocked by that. I just did it. You know, no, <clears throat> excuse me, there, hang on a second. There was no training online. There was nobody to teach me how to do anything. I'm just pig-headed. I just did it. I used my own common sense, my own critical thinking skills, and my other skills. And it took off running. And I was going, hang on, hang on, let me catch up. Hold on. Back up a bit. And I was breathless from the very beginning, but I did not. And so many of us don't because we don't know better build our team, build our structures, build our systems. And then just as you just described, you're already in the middle of it. You're trying to put out fires, take care of your clients, and where are you going to find the time? Yeah, and you know what? what? It's so very important what you just said is that's the thing. All that information available to us now is fantastic, but then you run around chasing more training and this training plugs into that training, and, and that breaks my heart because then people are moving in the opposite direction of where they should be. They want to get from, you know, whatever, uh, C to D, and now they're back at A because they're like, oh, I need to learn this thing before I learn this thing before I learn this thing. And that's what people love working with us is I'm not here to plug myself. I'm just here to say this is reality is when you're working with us is my, all my clients tell us within the first month of working with us that we, they get 25 hours back a week. And that takes up off your calendar instead of putting, oh, I need to learn this before I learn this before. And it just, just makes you insane the amount of knowledge you could close the business and just learn full time. So that training is wonderful that we have that nowadays, but it also is quite a liability if you're not careful with it. I call that shiny object syndrome. Yes, it happens yes, to yes. all of us. I don't know how many, oh God, thousands and thousands of dollars I've invested on programs and courses that I didn't finish. I got busy. Yeah. Yeah. And a friend of mine, you know, we kind of pulled together our courses and said, we have to do these together and make it happen. We're going to be accountable to one another. Otherwise, it just looks like, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Well, geez, you're not going to get to it. You don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's just you. And so many of my clients will tell me like I help them fall back in love with their business because uh-huh. you, you loved it to start with, but then you get you know, just buried in all this admin work or the stuff you either busy work and just wears you down. Like I've had people say, Chris, I felt like I was always holding on the side of the pool when I should be swimming or that I was like a pilot driving a bus. And it's like, I just, I have all these ideas. I just want to go. And this, this is what will do that for you. It's, it's not about getting more, more organized. And it's not about hard work. Because if hard work was the answer, you'd be where you want to be by now. Like, that's it, right? It's not about hard work. And, and this grinding it out, and you pay your dues until you sweat. Don't confuse sweat with strategy. So all this myth of, you know, this is a journey and you too have to have bloody knuckles. That's just adding glory to an ill-planned trip. That's not what it's about. It's nonsense. I mean, it really yeah. is. Listen, you, your business... And make this a little bit personal. After the loss of your husband, you returned full time to your work as a marketing strategist, and you were very relieved to find out that your business had not only survived your absence but was growing. How did that happen? What was in play that well, you didn't well, just lose everything? Because it happens when you're, you know, widowed at 
Uh, yeah, 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 no yeah, com- yeah, yeah, no coming. You didn't know it was coming. No, I didn't. So here, here's the thing. That's, that's a really good point because here's the reality of it. What I had in place, and I didn't even understand the depth of it, is I did have a win team and I did have these super toolkits in play. And I was a marketing strategist and I was pulled away from the business for about two years. And when I returned, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. We just, it was not part of our journey. We were just very positive in nature. It was just not something we made public. So even the local business community just didn't know anything about it. And if you do take the emotion out of the story, the reality is if I had returned to a business that was not intact, that was not the time for me to whip up a resume, try to be charming in an interview and learn a new job. That was not where I was able to manage at that time. So what happened was when I returned, my existing clients started saying to me, like, we just don't know how we didn't know you weren't here. Like, this is crazy. If you could manage that, maybe you could help me get to my kids' soccer games. Maybe I could stop working insane hours because life does have interruptions. Things are going to happen and your business should support your life not consume it, right? And and we've all heard this where you say, I'm gonna say, oh, you know what? I want to spend more time with my family so I'm gonna have my own business. Well, good luck with that, right? So, no <laughs> Anybody who thinks that, you know, you're in charge from the beginning, get over it. Well, it's kind of like saying a, I want to fall out of a plane for fresh air. You know what I mean? Right. You don't know. You don't know. You think gonna, yeah, you think you're going to have more free time. So, so it evolved from there and I started helping these people and then it kept growing. And then I realized how many of the people that I was working with that were in isolation, they were the last ones to go to bed, you know, get the kids to bed and then they work a couple more hours and they're getting up before everybody else. And no one person knows how many hours they're putting in. And so I just thought, how do I reach these people in, in the isolation of the dark nights of them in front of the glow of their computer? And that's when I wrote the book, When the Hour, When the Day, and we started doing coaching and we've got the winner's circle. So that's how it all unfolded is, thank heavens, I had these things in play because, you know, it really would have, I don't even, I don't want to use the word destroyed, but it would have been quite a journey without it when I returned. So, you know, life happens and you should have a business that can weather it or really you're just a sufferpreneur. It's not a business. Oh, I love that. I just wrote that now. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so and I'm looking at the introduction. I've got the book open in front of me. It's a terrific little book, Winning the Hours. So basically, and I'm going to read just a little bit, regardless of your business or professional path, learning to win the hour will accelerate everything you do, which is what we've just been talking about. Complete your projects and get them to the marketplace. In other words, don't leave, leave them sitting on an index card, and you'll get back to that later. Grow your business more quickly with even better results. Make more money in less time. Get your personal life back. That's a biggie. And enjoy your business again. So, yeah. I mean, listen, it's so important. And I, like you, you know, I'm probably, you're probably like me, rather, an A-type personality. We like to get things done. We're always thinking, always doing you know, very organized, always just, oh, I've got this done, I can move on to the next thing. But it will wear you out if you don't give yourself some breaks. How do you take breaks? How do you build a team? Well, you bring up some really good points because, first of all, it's not even about taking breaks. All the best inventions in the history are done in times of relaxation and play, right from Newton's apple. So the brain does not thrive in creativity when you are thinking and rushing to the next thing. That's why you have these great ideas when you drive or you're in the shower, all this stuff. In the shower, right? Yep, that's where I do my best thinking. So it's not about taking breaks. It's about having a, a support system set up so that you can be creative, right? So how do you start your team? Well, the first thing is so many people are always waiting and thinking, well, can I afford a team now? And then, oh, once I get organized, once I get past this next thing, that's just not how it comes to be. So here's, the, here's how it started for me, what now seems like 100 years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. But I was a marketing strategist, and I was many years ago, like say 12 to 15 years ago. And I, at that point, I was still going out to offices. I mean, I went online long before anybody else. But at that point, I was still going to offices, and I'm sitting there, and I would be taking notes about things that they wanted in their marketing package. That's great, because everyone thought their business is unique, and they're going to tell me all these things, excellent, making all these notes. So I would go back to the office, and I would raise my hand to God that I was going to put these notes in the computer right away, boom, because they're all very specific to these people's requests. 
So, of course, I get back there and get distracted. Things get busy. And if I was lucky, I got the notes in that Friday. But mostly it was probably the next Friday. So sometimes they would call and there might be questions or, you know, whatever. And now I'm scrambling with these notes that were meant for 20 minutes. And then two weeks later. And did the notes even make sense to you anymore? I find that happens. I'm like, what did I mean here? What the heck? Oh, hell. And and then what if I misquote them or say something that I look like I'm trying to swindle them? And then it's like, well, no, I just got bad notes. So I thought this cannot be, right? Because a couple of times I had misunderstood something. I undercut it myself, right? So I said, okay. So I hired a transcriptionist so that when I would leave the meeting, I would sit in the car, I would talk into my phone, I would leave her a 30-second message, boom, she had everything. And she would then type them up within 24 hours, put them in, in our system online. Great. Thank you. Now. The weeks I needed her a lot, like three, four hours of meetings, it cost me like $12. The weeks I didn't need her at all, I didn't pay for it, right? Because I was outsourcing. And here's the thing. This, I don't understand it, but this is what she loved to do. So she was really fast at it because she had like 15 clients that she just did notes for because that was her zone of genius. So it was insanely quick. So therefore, I didn't pay a lot. And so maybe that, even that example is now outdated because there's so many trans—I can't talk transcription programs for pennies, you know. But the the moral of the story was, I thought at that time I couldn't afford help because my business was so new and I was just trying to get going and keep up. But for twelve dollars, I got all of Friday afternoon back. I didn't make any mistakes that cost me money. I didn't lose clients because I wasn't organized. I took a lot of stress off my desk, my mind, my just everything. And so that was the beginning of this is crazy. I've got to do more of this. So that's when you think of, oh, you have this idea of you're climbing the mountain. When I get to the top and get a view, I'll get organized. You're not going to get there. No successful person of any value that we know in any arena, in any capacity, did it themselves. They have to have a team. True. And I didn't have one starting out. Well, first of all, I didn't know I could have one. I mean, when I first started, I'm a web developer by trade, and like your designer friend, I listen to a client, and I've already built that site in my head. I don't even have to put it to pin. I've already got it. It's done. But I built my first websites in HTML. There was no WordPress. There was no GUI, graphical user interface. We couldn't add images until later on in the game. It was a mess, but I, I loved it. I mean, I knew that I was built to create websites and I built them in my sleep but a team didn't happen there was I couldn't teach anybody what I knew because I'd gotten a computer science degree to learn this I wasn't going to share that information I was still paying for it and there was just no way to bring other people onto a team because the internet just wasn't playing the way we know it now but I would challenge you Denise if I may I would push back a little bit and say like the designer friend, even though that was your area of expertise and you were highly educated in it, there's still prep work and there's still post work. And there were still things True. that there's True. things that I show up to do that only I can do, but my team has all that information right in front of me. So I don't fiddle around with getting that email right. Or, I mean, even something as simple as I have, you know, whatever I send it. Like, uh, I think I sent you a video about your podcast. So what happened was, was, right. That's how I, I, yeah. So I, had tripped across it. Then I give that contact to my team. It goes on a list. And then the day I go to make the video, it's like, oh yeah, I listened to that. Here's, here's her link. Here's her LinkedIn link. Here's her whatever. I have all that information in front of me. So that's clear and concise, but I didn't do any of it. I just had to send the video. Yeah. Cause I said to Kay, oh yeah, I found this video. And I was driving, uh, sorry, this podcast and I was driving. It's amazing. Great. So she adds it to the list on Mondays when I have to shoot videos for maybe staying in contact with existing clients, maybe outreach on LinkedIn, whatever. I have videos I have to get out on Monday. So that hit the list. I didn't have to find your email address. I didn't have to, where's her thing on LinkedIn and muddle around. Oh, how do I spell her last name? Does it have one F or two? I didn't muddle around with that. It went to the list. And boom. So there's always pre and post work so that you could stay in your zone of genius and get bigger and bigger muscles in that zone. Exactly. Well, when I first started out, none of this was available. But when it did become available and I could start hiring team members, oh, man, it was like, oh, there is a God. I mean, seriously. Find people and find people who love what they do. And in my case, you know, I'm, I'm a techie nerd. 
I ask me about HTML, ask me about WordPress. I can tell you anything you don't want to know. But the thing is, I always, you know, marketing, email, I always find people to add to my team who are better at something than I am because that's all they do. They yeah. stay up all the latest. I don't, I know it. I know what to ask for. I never ask them anything that I couldn't actually do myself, but I'm not silly enough to do it myself these days. I have a team and I nurture them. Yeah. So what this means for you is you can really just love your business again, enjoy it and do what I call work summer hours, occasional Friday off, long weekends, less hours, uh, sorry, school hours, less hours in the summer, Fridays off, that kind of stuff. And just really have freedom and opportunity that you dreamed about when you started your business. Because again, you didn't start it just to run a business. No, I started it because I am unemployable. You do not want me in your office. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors. And if you want coffee, you can get it your own damn self. I'm not doing it. I have to be left alone. So (laughs) before we, I know it sounds terrible, but I'm an introvert. So what, are the most common mistakes when you're building a team these days? That's a great question. So the biggest, the most painful one I think often is people will go out and say, all right, I realize I need somebody. And so by the time they get to me, sometimes they've gone through a couple of people and they started paying more and more and more thinking, well, that didn't work. So maybe I just didn't pay enough and this and that. And, you know, income is fine, but that's not the determining factor for a successful team. And don't confuse hiring a VA with creating what I call a win team or what is next team. So very often, two things, they hire someone, they just throw a bunch of stuff at them and they kind of think that this person, and I hear this all the time, but Chris, I thought she'd come with systems. I thought he would come with systems. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. That's not how the VA industry works. No, you have to work with them. Yeah, well, more than that, they can't parent up. They can't come in and say, Denise, I gave you this system and I told you to use this twice. And this is the third time I've had to speak to you, Denise. You're not using them, but you're not losing, using LastPass like you should be. Like they can't parent you. So they, that's the thing is like, no, they're not going to come with systems. They're not the brainchild behind your business. They're not going to tell you what's the most important place to spend your time. They will, like with our super toolkits, when we hire, train on board for our existing clients in the winner's circle, we set them up with people. But then there is a process where training them how to build super toolkits, great. They understand that. They can build more super toolkits. But we create a culture and there's all these things that go into it. But you can't just hire a VA and think they're going to come in and you're going to sit there really like a toddler at your desk and they're going to organize you like a 1950 secretary of a doctor. You know, that's just not going to happen. So that's the biggest misunderstanding is that, well, then it didn't work out. I hired somebody, it didn't work out. And then, of course, the second one we spoke of earlier is you're handing them work and you check on it and you're like, it's very parentified system, the corporate world. And so that takes more time. And then it's just like more work. Yeah, why do I need this? It's, it's easier to do it myself than to check her work. Well, that's because the system isn't set up effectively. It's very flawed. Been there, done that. Yeah. Keep on going. I mean, you're yeah, doing great yeah. here. Yeah. And then another one is people sometimes either do two, one of two things. One, let's say you hire a VA and it's going really well and you're like, oh, this is amazing, excellent. And then you think, well, she's so, she or he is so good at this. You know what I need? I need some stuff posted on LinkedIn. Well, maybe I can get them to do some graphics and start writing me some copy. And, and what happens, you dilute their skill set and start stretching them into capacities that, you know, I mean, I don't know, recently I've become fascinated by some of these cooking shows and you can learn that a sous chef does not make a great baker, even though they're all in the kitchen. So just because they're a great VA does not mean they know the back end of LinkedIn and and nor should they, They, that you have to be, it doesn't mean you need a team of 10, but you need to be really clear that when you just start dumping stuff on their desk because they're really good at other stuff. And then six months later, you're going, oh yeah, she started off so good. Yeah, when you had her doing one thing, now you've got her doing 12, right? So that's another sort of sloppy mistake they make. You know, I see this in a lot of brick-and-mortar businesses. They'll say, oh, you know, I don't know anything about hiring a VA or a social media team, but my receptionist or my admin or whatever she is called in their business, she can handle that. She's going to quit at some point. I guarantee you she's going to leave because now you have just made her do a bunch of stuff. She has no idea what it's all about. She has no training. She doesn't know anything about marketing and persuasion. She knows how to take care of your office. Don't do that. Hire professionals. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and, and just make sure that, you know, don't, don't get seduced by the fact that they're really good at one thing and then you start expanding them into every other area. So that's a common mistake people make. I've seen that happen a lot, which is why yeah. on my team, well, I've got one or two Word people, WordPress people. They're very good. One is excellent at working with a Divi theme. That's all he does for me. I don't try to dilute them at all. I know better because even though I can do all of it, I also know that I can't do it well because it's too yeah. much. And yeah. I'm not staying on top of the new technology. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You're so right, Denise. Okay, what is the 60-40 rule? I think I know what it is, but let's talk about that. Yeah, you should, uh, you should be 60% in execution mode and 40% admin. And most people are trapped in the web of admin around 80 90%. So you always should be ambitiously moving on to that next thing. And, and most small business owners and entrepreneurs have more ideas than they can implement. And that's where the pain comes from is because you just get so frustrated that you're not getting any closer to your goals. Or in fact, usually they're moving further ahead. So you always want to be in execution mode 60% of the time and also set your team up for that as well. Like I remember, um, you know, that this is how we're set up. So somebody came to me on my team and, and they had, we were getting to like close to 200 uh, five-star reviews for our podcast. It was like about a year ago. So we're like, okay, when we get to 200, we'll put something up on social media, you know, whatever, do you do what you do, whatever. Right. And then someone on the team came to me and said, Chris, I found this new website and it collated all these reviews that we have in different places that we didn't know were able to leave reviews. So she said, Chris, we have actually 955 five-star reviews. And I was like, well, first of all, so, so you know, I'm a very flawed person. I'm like, oh, so close to a thousand. Like a minute ago, we had 200. Now I'm like, I want a thousand, right? So I was like, are you kidding me? And she's like, and we looked at them and they were real. We knew the people and a lot of whatever, right? And they were valid. And, and so then I took this website and I went into different communities I was in online and said, hey, did you guys know about this? It's new. And they're like, oh, you're the best, Chris. You're the best. And yeah. So the, the moral of the story is she had come to me because she has a bandwidth in her work day to be in 60% execution mode. I did not ask her to go out and find these things. She brought them to me because of the way we're set up. You're not just keeping on top of tasks. You are going to be in execution mode more than you are in admin mode. And that allows us to be constantly moving forward really consistently and effectively and being able to meet our new ambitions and bring in new revenue and have a bigger impact on our audience where most entrepreneurs and small business owners keep up that game of trapped in a web of admin and just trying to keep up. Right. Just trying to keep your head above water, fall mm -hmm. asleep, wake up, do it all again. Do yeah. you mind sharing the name of that website? I need to go look. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't yes, even see it. Yeah, I'll send you an email. Send you an email. Okay. I'll give you a link. Yeah. Perfect. And then I'll share it. I just, and I share it on I'd share it online too. I just forget the name of it because again, I don't see it as my team does, but I would definitely go right. Yeah, and I'll share it, you know, with my social media after you shared it with me. Okay, so we've talked about making the big mistakes and building their teams. What's the biggest myth about team building? I I think I know mine, but what are you finding? The biggest myth, I think, is people think they can't afford it. The world is a magical yeah, place right now. And that's I'm, it. That's the one. Yeah. And I've got um, – I'm not kidding you. With my team, there's four of them. And But I've been doing this a long time. We have a lot on the go. we got the book and the winner's circle and the podcast. I just have a lot going on. A lot of people don't need a team of four. Having said that, I guarantee you I am the dumbest person in the room by a long shot, and I am quite okay with that. They are spectacular. But we're talking like five, six, seven U.S. dollars an hour. It's just unbelievable with different economies that we can reach into globally. And people will think, well, if you do that, then, you know, their language is not as good or their culture. And it's like, well, you know what? You'll see my team in different interviews that I do with them and, like, check it out. Challenge me on that. Reach out to me on any of the socials, and I'll uh, – let you see some of the ones I've hooked up in the winner's circle with our existing clients where we hire for them. And they, they all say to me, like I've had people were paying somebody $50 an hour and they say, Chris, I would have paid that last person. I would have been happy to keep them with that pay rate. If you would give me the person that you found for us. Right. And it's just unbelievable talent, but incredibly affordable. And it's just the way the world is right now where they have different, you know, and, and in the beginning, 
you know, I, I know when the first time I heard somebody that say from the Philippines, I was thinking like, hmm, mm, am I exploiting them? And somebody from the Philippines said to me, like, kind of like, how dare you decide where their money should go? We think you people are foolish in North America and you these big houses and you waste a lot of money on foolishness. And, and we're just we have a different approach to life and we just don't need the access that you have. So it's just super affordable. And uh but hiring is a whole thing on its own. So when you run out and say, okay, great, that sounds great. I'm going to go hire some. I'm going to do all this stuff. Great. But it's not something you can do running in between busyness and your busy day. This is a whole thing that I've worked on for years. So be mindful of that. Well, and I'm so glad you brought that up because in my, my company, your office on the web, we did offer virtual assistance for a number of years until – and as with any new industry, and it's happening with the, the podcast industry, new people come in who don't know what they're doing. They've had a keyboard for 10 minutes, but all of a sudden they're experts. It happens with every yeah, new yeah. industry. That being said, I think the virtual, virtual assistance industry, and we no longer offer that service, but find out what you can about that industry and then learn how to hire, learn how to work with them, learn how to train them. Don't just toss them in and say, well, you're a virtual assistant. Why can't you do this? Oh my God. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And people say, well, just like you mentioned earlier, I hired somebody and they, they messed up my whole thing. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> give them any guidelines. You didn't teach them what they need to know to work with you. This is not their fault. This is yeah. your fault. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah. I always talk about super toolkits we talked about earlier. The example of that is, look, if let's say I hired a carpenter to build a table, I am not going to teach him how to build the table. He's going to come or she's going to come with that skill set. And here is the super toolkit on how we do it systematically in our business, where you're going to get the resources, who you're going to deliver the table to, the measurements we want, boom, boom, boom. This is the quality of the product that we deliver in this time frame on in this formula. Great. But we're not teaching them how to do something, but they do need guidance. I mean, he or she would be the best carpenter in the land, but it doesn't mean that they're going to do it with your brand or style or, or how your company outputs, you know, these products. So, you know, you, you do have to have strategies in play to guide and support them. You do. And they're not going to read your mind. And that's another no. thing I would catch myself saying. They can't read your mind. Yeah. Words are important. Use your words. But yeah. I quit doing that. I got very weary of it. I enjoyed it and I had terrific clients. But there came a point where it was time to me to go on and do something different, which I've done. So the three Ds. What are the three Ds and why are they so important? Yeah, so that's, they are very important. So that, you've really done your homework. So we call that, you know, yeah, damaging overhead, delayed income, diminished opportunity. And so when you don't have a team, this is what it's costing you, damage overhead. So you think I'm saving money by doing this myself. But what I would argue is if you could sell any one of your services for, let's say something simple like $100, when you're working on your stuff, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, you're not bringing in that $100, so you are damaging overhead. Now, delayed income. What if you get a client in June that you could have got in January? How much does that cost you? And what if they had referred just one person to you? And then the third one, diminished opportunity, I think is the most painful when somebody says, Denise, oh my gosh, I wish I knew. I didn't know. You were so busy in your business. I did not know you guys did that. I didn't know you offered that service. I just locked in with somebody else. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I would, have, I would have loved to have gone with you, Denise. I didn't know that. Now, think of the lifetime value of that client. So the 3Ds are powerfully expensive, and those are at the cost of when you don't have your own win team, your what is next team. You know, and you just reminded me, and the third one has happened to me more times than I like. You just reminded me of something that I learned a long time ago, and I can't remember if I read it or a client said it. But basically, it made an impact. As like we were talking earlier, do your creative work in the morning. Don't answer email. Don't get caught up with all the mundane stuff. I figured out a long time ago by hearing or listening to somebody else, I cannot take credit, that I have to do my moneymaker stuff in the morning. Yeah, 
yeah. thing that yeah. is going to make me money that day is done before I do anything else. Yeah, you can do that. I would still, you, I would debate that a little bit. It could be your moneymaker stuff, but let's say when I was writing my book, it wasn't my moneymaker stuff that day, but I wrote every morning the first hour so that it was done. So that it wasn't something like, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. And once I get this done, now it's two, three, four, or five o'clock, right? And you're like, oh, I didn't get that done today. So that's why they, there's, I don't know if it's a horrible saying, but they say you go to a graveyard, everybody in there has a book in them, but it just never got done. So sometimes when you have bigger ambitions that are important, that are money makers, but just not that day, you know, you want to value it. Yeah. 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 And I understand what you're saying because I do the same thing. I have some things that, yeah, I need to get this done. The retainer is due. There's a lot of different things. But what you're talking about makes perfect sense to me because they are going to be part of your bigger picture and they do need to be done. But I do that in the morning. I you know, term it as a moneymaker, but I also determine that it's a creative thing, which yeah. often come yeah. hand in hand. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Now, keep on going. I don't want to interrupt you. You are brilliant <laughs> at this. Yeah, it just comes down to you want the business to have an inter- infrastructure to breathe life and to be a business versus you having a very expensive job, being a sufferer sufferpreneur it i equated to don't consider yourself an athlete when you're sitting on the couch watching sports you know so you think oh but i have a business because i i'm not an employee it's like well you know if you if you leave for a week does it slow down or stop you know i've known businesses that were crushed because somebody broke their arm or i had a uh, somebody on my show and he talked about how his father was a carpenter and that people very sought after and people waited months and months for his tables. They were on a waiting list and it was thousands of dollars and he did it all by himself and didn't have a team, which they could have done pre and post work. And he could have done the main part in the middle and okayed the job. And there was, even though it's a hands-on skill, there's still ways to minimize, you know, how many hours each table took. So when he retired, he closed the barn and then he's selling a, a hammer for like 10 bucks. You know, that was just thousands of dollars of tables and people waited six months and now he's selling used tools from the barn. Like that's, that's what happens. And I know like being a teenager, you think, oh, I'll never sell my business or that's so many years away. But people, but I have another business buddy just sold a business for a lot of money and it was a cleaning business. Listen, people, most of us can clean a toilet. They didn't buy that business because of how great the toilet cleaning was. It was the infrastructure. You know, what you're you're reminding me of is some of the the greatest artists in the world, Michelangelo, so many, they had interns, they did the free. Yeah, there was a lot of these things, they they would copy some of his work. They did not do it on their own. They couldn't, they couldn't possibly. No. And people don't realize that. I think you'll look at David and say, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. It must have taken him years and years and years. He had help. Trust me. Yes. He had help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. You don't want to do it yourself and it's very limiting in your zone of genius. Like there's things I'm working on right now. I'm like, Oh my God, we're really, you know, like this TikTok thing. I have Kazel every day. She's training me on TikTok. I'm like, wow. Okay. Like I'll be on TikTok and I'll have an idea and I'll send her a video and say, Hey, how do I do that? And she trains, I just got the idea and she trains me and I'm like, okay, Kazel, research this. How do we do that? Oh, that's so easy. Okay, great. So I'm the visionary and then every day she's spoon feeding it to me or else I would be taking some big TikTok course and I'd be spending hours on Sunday. I'm having fun and I'm really learning fast and then we put it in our super toolkit and every day I build traction. So you just really want to have it so you're constantly moving forward and not just buried in the web of admin. Did you hear your voice go up an octave? You got very excited about that. Yeah, I do, I do. (laughs) And it shows. And my point for bringing that up is this is what you want when you're a business owner. You want to be able to look at something, have the idea, whether you're in the car or you're in front of your monitor or in the shower, and say, okay, I'm the visionary. Now how do I make this work? And you have somebody on your team going, ah, piece of cake. All right, moving on. What's the next thing that is going to be brilliant and pop into my head? You can't do that when you're exhausted. You just can't. No, 
No, you can't. And I, I've been trying this whole interview to have the calm, soothing radio voice that you have. Normally, it's pretty <laughs> shrill. So, so, You're, yeah. You are fun. You're excited. And I love so, that you sound lovely. Not, not, yeah. Ex- I, you know what? I had somebody who was interviewing me just this week, and he said, Chris, he said, you know what? I thought you were this really bright, bubbly person. And thank you for that compliment. But he said, you know what I realized? The more I talk to you, you're just rested. That's what it is. You're rested. Oh. You've got these things in play. And that's why you're running around like this all the time. And so that's the thing. Exhaustion does not bring out the best in your personality. I, everybody will tell you that. We know it doesn't work. It's like being hungover or drunk. But people say it to me, oh, my gosh, I get your secret. You're sleeping. <laughs> and you've got people helping you. And you can take those wonderful creative points and say, Hmm. I don't have the time to train for this. I don't want to train for this. I yeah. don't want money on another course. Who is on my team that can make this walk me through this and and make it work? So 100%. team building. Everything we're talking about here is kind of leading back to team building, which I think is tremendously important. Look, I've yeah. been there. I've done it. I tried to do it on my own in the beginning because I had to, but when I found out I didn't have to, it's like oh, and off I went. I mean, it was it was a whole new business. Now I'm a little bogged down again, but we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to talk about this when we're done. So what else? We've got about three minutes. What else do you really want our audience to know about that I probably missed here? Business should be fun. It should be fun. This isn't a grind. You shouldn't have to sacrifice your life and your family time and all this stuff. And you're sitting in a room on a Sunday and you're smiling and everyone's doing stuff and your brain is going, oh my gosh, I can't hop on my phone. They'll know, I, but I'll have to remember that I forgot to do that. And you're just constantly racing. You are here to exercise your creativity, to really do something that creates a freedom in your professional life and your personal life. And it doesn't have to be this hard. That is a crazy myth. It's wrong. It's unnecessary. It's a nuisance. It's just rubbish. And business and your life should be fun. I agree with you. And as a trying to recover workaholic, I'll catch myself saying, Denise, slow down. Stop it. Is this really critical to do right now? And I'll have to almost physically restrain myself, mentally restrain myself from jumping up and running into my office. It's a terrible commute. It's about a minute and a half away if I'm sauntering and if the cats get in my way. But I will have to say, does this really need to be done right now? No. Okay, well, don't do it. Think about something creative. Think about what you were just doing. Don't burn the gumbo. I mean, pay attention to what you're doing. 100%, yeah. It's just, yeah, that uh, just, oh. That stress, it, it's just, you had a job that you didn't like at some point. You might as well have stayed there. The overhead, oh, yeah. was, the overhead was less. The hours were better. You know, just, it should be fun. It is fun. And when we can tap into who we really are and help other people, and really that's what it's all about. We build our businesses not because we want to just be this big marketing person, this big web developer. We build it because we have time, passion, skills to help other people. That's really why we're in business. And you can't help other people if you can't help yourself. I agree. You've convinced me. (laughs) Actually, it's the other way around. So I am 90 seconds. I told you this was the fastest minute. So a few free tools you talk about in the book, Google Calendar, Google Docs, Dropbox, Loom. I use all of them but Loom. I think Loom is what you used to send me the video, didn't you? No, I use BombBomb for that. Loom is a great screen capture when you uh, use your team. Okay. But I will tell you, you guys can check out uh, uh, free gift, G-I-F-T from Chris, K-R-I-S.com, free gift from Chris.com. I put something super special in there for your listeners, free audio version of my book, and it won't be there long, so you want to check that out. Free gift from Chris.com. Got it. I hope I didn't cough on you just now. Where can people... Okay. I've been trying not to choke all over you. It's a terrible thing. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, I'm on any of the socials. Check me out a free gift from Chris.com, anywhere you see Win the Hour, Win the Day, and reach out to me and tell me you heard me on this fantastic show and we'll be fast friends. And tell me a little bit about your business. I love, you know, hearing about the entrepreneurial journey. I'm here to help. And listen, everybody, get the book. It is an easy read. It's pretty. It's yellow. You're not going to lose it among the other books. It's yellow and there's this it's easy to find. I mean, I've got a stack of books on my desk, as you can imagine. I was easy to dig this one out with no problem at all. I just went yellow. Look for it. And there it is. But anyway, Chris, and, and seriously, everybody grab this book, read it. I think, I'm not positive, but is it available on Amazon Kindle if you have? Um... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great, 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 great. Well, Chris, Thank you so much for being with me on the podcast, and it's been wonderful speaking with you, and I thank you for all of the terrific tips and advice and the challenges that you offered me. I I paid attention. Trust me. I paid attention. I was scribbling like crazy. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes and anywhere else you consume your business podcast. You cannot throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So find us. Take us along on your success journey. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Oh, thank you for trusting me with your audience. Oh, my pleasure. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.